Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. But when we are apart, I feel it. Welcome to the podcast. And I'll say this before we get going, it's March. Team NSYNC right here. Never have once strayed from that. NSYNC is immensely better than the Backstreet Boys. Better, better catalog, more records sold, better front man. Timberlake's an icon. I'd say Timberlake's won that battle. Yeah, Timberlake is an icon. Yeah. I mean, what, did, what did Backstreet have? I don't even know uh, who were Carter. Nick Carter. Nick Carter. Was and that, then he had the that, he had a little brother. AJ, Aaron AJ, Carter. AJ. Was it AJ McLean, maybe? He had some drug issues. I think he's okay. Yeah, now. You think about NSYNC, they go they went to space. But Lance. Did he actually go? Yeah, Lance I don't know. He was going. I think he was going. I don't know if he oh, actually he didn't, went, he didn't actually go. No, I think yeah, I mean NSYNC won the battle. The battle has been has been won. It was a... Uh, at my UFC 272, uh, it was a this was a knockout. In sync over. And they would have been Backstreet. an underdog, like in '97, right? Yeah, Backstreet got the lead. They got, they the, got they the, the start, the right? And then, but Timberlake's won. And the others. Are Backstreet whatever. had In on the ground all of round one, and then In came out and got a nice uppercut to start the second round. I would argue, Nick Lachey of 98 Degrees is actually more famous than anybody in the Backstreet Boys. No. I, don't, I don't think that that's a, is that a crazy is that a take. Bad take. No, I don't think it is. I mean, you had the whole Jessica Simpson, Jessica Simpson thing for a while. Now it's uh, what's he doing nowadays? He's doing some probably variety TV. Oh no, he, no, he was at uh, Mandalay Bay. Remember, we in Vegas. He played at the oh, beach. Yeah, I remember when we were there. We were there. Yeah, he was playing on the beach at the Mandalay Bay. Yeah. So when we tried to get free tickets and we didn't. That that's so. <laughs> when we were in Vegas for the. Um, Iowa State game this year. Yeah. We were all out in the pool the day we got there, and, you know, cocktails were flowing. They were. Thanks to – shout out to Matt Lazier who let us open up the Cyclone Fanatic credit yeah, card for a, that day. We had a cabana. Yeah, we had a cabana. And, like, there was there was, was a there was a rumbling around the hotel at the Nick Lachey concert coming up that night. And so my wife read something online. That, I don't know if you remember this part because we were – you know, the cocktails were flowing. <laughs> that if you complain about the noise, that you could get a free ticket to go to the concert. 
Oh. And so we leave it to Crystal we to get find back this. to Victor hotel room. They're doing a sound check, and we we can't really hear it. But Crystal calls in and says, "Hey, this in, this, this is too loud." Control. Yeah, thinking that thinking that we would get a free ticket to the Lachey show, and the uh, the help says, "Well, we can bring up some earplugs." <laughs> oh man, didn't work. What I'm gonna real quick. I'm gonna see what Nick Lachey is like singing right now. <laughs> where, where where are the uh, 98 degrees? Man, I mean, there's just nothing. He had a brother. There's really just nothing recent here that that yeah. Nick Lachey's been up to. No, this no. is all he's just living off of the last like ten years. Yeah, and no, I think he's married to a gal that was on E Hollywood at one point. Anyways, welcome to yeah. the program. Good start. We had a weird day on Saturday here in town, and it, many of you are probably. I, I was going to play this. I swear from Nick Lachey, but I think yeah, I'm just going to just cut off, kill Nick. it here. Uh, first of all, we'll get into uh, that weird day. Uh, I want to thank our friends from Mechdyne, who are recently the recipients of the NSCA's Excellence in Business Award for Employee Engagement. Look at that. Outstanding. So, I don't know if you picked up on this. Did you see the video that got tossed around on Twitter when Brees Hall ran his 40 and all the guys yes. were in the locker room watching? Yes. So... What they were watching that on and all that was Mechdyne stuff. Uh, so great example. If, yes, I'm, I'm always trying to put into like a because they can turn vision. those those that AV stuff into it's multiple incredible. screens, but they're yeah. curved. So it's when big time. if you guys saw that video, if you have it, you should go check it out because it's really cool. But um, that's all Mechdyne stuff. Outstanding. And I, I I thought that was pretty freaking awesome. Thank them. Uh, thanks to Mechdime for supporting what we do here on the Psych One Fanatic Podcast Network, specifically being the title sponsor of the Williams and Bloom Podcast every Sunday here on the network. Um, weird day. So we've had a bizarre week in, in our town. We lost internet completely. It was like Wednesday night or yep. some night like that. Like in, in For like eight, nine hours, it was. Did you? Uh, mine I, wasn't eight, nine hours, like a half hour. Oh, we were on the good side of town. Ours was like it went out at like two, and I got it back at like ten o'clock oh, at night. No, it wasn't that bad. And like we had no cell service; it was bizarre. Uh, if you had USA or so then, and I of course I was like, oh, it's the Russians. <laughs> it was what I was totally thinking. Then yesterday, and I uh, to all of our listeners, man, I hope that your houses and everything's yeah. okay because we had just the bizarre, you know, spur uh, spree of tornadoes. Well, we lost power in Bondurant like three hours before the storms came. Like the entire town was out. So I left for a while. I'm like to my wife. I'm like, our kids are going crazy. Let's, let's just go for a ride. Yeah, Let them go out, out and the play. Um, we went ghost hunting for a while. And then. And you're serious about that. Yeah, we did. We went out to Farrar, took a look at the Check elementary school. school. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, from there, we come back. And we finally get power on. Now, now we're now the sky is too cloudy because I had it on satellite, right? Now I still have a satellite, even though I'm getting rid of it. There's we're cutting the cord after basketball season completely, and I'm able to finally turn on the game. And Iowa State is down like twenty-seven to five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why, why did let's, let's go back ghost hunting. Well, I also have YouTube TV, so I'm like I can watch it and catch up later. But um, yeah, 
and I was like, okay, can we just go back to taking shelter? And at this point, I, I, I stupidly put out the tweet that I would get the Scott Drew tattoo if Iowa State came back to win. I missed that. Oh, you didn't see I that? I didn't see that. Oh, famous last words. Adam Gray put me up to it. He texted me. He goes, you know. Um, Bring it back. He goes, we need to get more of this Scott Drew tattoo talk back from back in the day. So for, for those of you who don't know the story behind that, it was like it was the same year we lost to UAB. And, the, and, and Travis Hines and I often will have a few beers and we get off with like outlandish takes to one another. I tweeted in like October of that year. Because this was after, like, we were all arguing Scott Drew and the Elite Eights and how we only beat double-digit seeds. Right. right. At this point, he was overrated to Scott Drew. Okay. But I still loved him. He was still my yeah, guy. You, you were I on, loved him for were, basically. For, you were five years ahead of everybody. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate I, you. I was not on board. I appreciate somebody finally giving me credit for that, for seeing what nobody else could see. And I, I said, though, because he didn't have a very good team, I go, as good of a coach as he is, there is no way they're getting to the Sweet 16 this year. If I, if 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 Baylor can get to the Sweet 16, I will get a tattoo of Scott Drew. And I, so Hines and I, Hines is like, well, you need to tweet it for the record. And so I did. Well, they're a three seed, yeah, in the NCAA tournament. In about 30 minutes after Iowa State lost to UAB, they lost to Georgia State. That's right. So Hunter. the Big 12 had two three seeds that you're getting knocked out the first two games like of the entire tournament. It was a disaster. But that saved you from it saved me from having to get the Scott Drew tattoo. Because if, if you're a three seed, you play the 14, then you play the six, you're favored in both games. There you you're go. Probably pretty nervous. Would you oh, have done yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. You would have done it? I you know what? And here's what's funny. A couple buddies of mine, um, Clint and Corey, were texting with me yesterday after Iowa State had taken the lead. <laughs> and like I actually had a at that point, I thought Iowa State was going to win. Like, I, I swear to God, I thought they were going to win that game. And I, I was, we had like, I actually thought we would do some fun with it and have get Scott involved and have him like do an autograph for me. Like, to Chris was like Scott Drew and maybe like with the silhouette of him. Like, we would make it fun. Sure. But Adam Gray was like, you need to get the Scott Drew tattoo thing back to spice this thing up. Little did I know, they were down like 25, like, or whatever. 29 to 4. I didn't think it was possible for Iowa State to not. even cover that game, let alone come back and take the lead. I looked at the live line, and it got up to 28. Oh, my God. Did it yeah. really? Yeah. That is wild. It was 29 wild. to 4. I think they got up to 28 on one of the Holy sites. mackerel. Jeez. Like, oh that was really State. Uh, just a bizarre type of game well, the whole so that, week was well, the 36 points thing and then this one and just a weird and week to add on that iowa state's making this insane comeback with severe weather coverage <laughs> in central iowa you know probably a lot of people had it on their second screen or trying to watch and pay attention and you know it's sometimes we give our, our buddy brett mcintyre a hard time of hey quit cutting into sports but we learned yesterday this, i mean a you good just example. yeah a good example of why you have to um and unfortunately uh, I know you've been to Winterset. I've been to Winterset. A lot of great people there. It's really an idyllic town, and, and they took took the brunt of it. Norwalk had some damage as well, and all the way up through Carlisle. Through I saw Carlisle, some yep. deaths so in Carlisle. It's uh, man, it was a, it was an interesting afternoon. But you know, just speaking thoughts and prayers with everybody impacted by that. But as far as the basketball, that went from oh gosh, this is a horrible week. Like. I was getting texts from people. Should I was even be included in the NCAA oh, tournament? Yeah, I got a lot of those too. To, hey, we feel pretty good about going to Kansas City now. Bring on Baylor again if we can get there. You know, Tech first, then Baylor. Let's see what we can do. Like, Iowa State kind of shifted 
the narrative, and, and this is what's what's kind of silly about reactionary, and I, we're all victims of it. But you go in literally a, a forty-five minute stretch from Iowa State doesn't belong to. Oh my gosh, Iowa State's leading on the road at the defending national champion. So it, it, you have to, but the committee looks at the whole season, and this is where I try and impact on yeah, people. It's like it's. The overreaction on Wednesday night was quite, I mean. Yeah, it was an overreaction. I get it. It a horrible game. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible but, offensive performance. But as Bob Bullsby would say, it was one data point yeah. out of 32. <laughs> I yeah, and I just, it's, it's funny. Small percentage. Right, and by the way, we're recording this in the afternoon, not night today. Uh, I, just, I just watched Memphis kill Houston, right, in like, and it got me to thinking about how Iowa State dominated that Memphis team. And I'm like, well, would they do that now? And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter doesn't because matter. the data point is from when those two teams played. And that makes Iowa State better. So if you, if you, and, and so I actually got in, that didn't get into just, it. But just to follow my point, yes. to pass it on to you, yes. just so, just because Iowa State beat Memphis that day didn't make them a top 10 team. No. And just because the Ohio, Oklahoma State performance doesn't mean like, oh, they're not in the screw tournament. them, put them in the CBI. Correct. Like, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Yep. And so I actually, the halftime, one of the halftime analysts, Daylon Cuff for ESPN, who does a really good job in my opinion, smart guy, articulate, um, I think he's very reasonable. He said at halftime, or maybe it was, a, it was a cut in in the first half, where he said, you know, really... I, Teams like Iowa State, the committee needs to take a look, at, a closer look at of maybe we need to value more of the last 10 games, insinuating that Iowa State's really struggled once they got to Big 12 play. And I think probably nationally... They just won four or five. Well, but nationally, that's probably the, the thought, though, right? Is, yeah. Oh, Iowa State had this great non-conference. It got all the way in the top 10 and has really struggled since. And when, when in reality, yeah, there was a two-week stretch where Iowa State was horrible, maybe a three-week stretch. Yeah. Four out of Iowa State's won four of the last six in the best conference in America. So if you look at the last ten, you're four and six. That's not yeah. awful. Like, so I think you can really, you can you can nitpick of, of what what you want to show. And the other interesting part here, and it's, it's this is going to be fascinating in the next week. Iowa and Iowa State are perfect examples of your modern resume and your classic resume. So if this was 2001, okay, Iowa State may not make the tournament. If this is 2001, Iowa, because of its record in the in the Big Ten, which is considered, I think, the second or the third best league the way you want to look at it, might be a four seed, five seed. Mm-hmm. But with the new metrics and with the quad one emphasis, Iowa State has nine quad one wins compared to Iowa's two. Now, Iowa plays Illinois later tonight. When you listen to this Monday, it will impact yeah, how they yeah. do. It's two o'clock right now. But that's if if that's the emphasis, then absolutely Iowa State should be ahead of Iowa seating, or at least in the similar spot. And so I think you can really you can argue any which way here. And I think it'll be super interesting what the committee looks at this year, based on the the initial rankings that were released. What was that two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. They valued quad one wins, but will they when it comes to selection? Yeah, when Sunday? a team like Houston ranked fourth in the polls wasn't in the top sixteen. And so when Houston gets blown out today, that actually probably helps Iowa State. Correct. Because it, it then values, okay, what really was was Houston's analytics just based on beating bad teams? And you could say the same with Iowa. Now Iowa's had some nice wins. I'm not I'm yeah. not disparaging Iowa. Iowa's here. playing really well. They are right playing now. great basketball and they will be in the NCAA tournament. But I think if I, I look at both those resumes right now, to me, they're both seven to nine seeds. Like you, you had some local media in Iowa say, "Oh, how how dare Jerry Palm, who, who you know the old enemy of Iowa State fans? Now we like Jerry Palm because he has Iowa State 
Yeah, because he likes our metrics. They said, you know, is Jerry Palm off his rocker to have Iowa State ahead of Iowa? No, because he's looking at the quad one situation. So I think this will all play out in the next week. Iowa State is safely and does not have to worry about what happens in in Kansas City. I would agree. And I think Iowa State's probably, you know, if I have them, I probably have them as as an eight seed right now. Beat maybe Texas seven. Tech and maybe get to seven. Yeah, maybe get to seven if you beat the, Tech. The so. Oklahoma State game hurt in the sense that your shot of a six yeah, all but gone. disappeared. Yeah, it is. When you lost that game. But I don't think I don't think Iowa State's a double digit seed. I don't. I think I think you're at worst case a nine even with a lot. I would rather be a ten seed than a nine seed. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about that. One to eight this year are pretty similar. Yeah, I just So if I mean I just don't think Iowa State can beat a one seed, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the question is... Well, I mean, they almost beat... Can- they they, they should have beat Baylor. Kansas at home. Those, those so, are two I guess seats. I, they won't play either of those two. They no, won't so it would be Auburn or... Gonzaga. Or Arizona was the other one? Arizona's, Arizona's there, too. Yeah. Yeah, Arizona's probably a one right now. So, I think... One of those three Bay- teams. Baylor-Kansas probably gets moved to the two. Uh, oh, Gonzaga, you could get Roger Bolton. You could get Gonzaga in, a, in an 8-9. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to be playing... You're playing a really good team. It feels like Iowa State has played Gonzaga so much in the last, like, all of those tournaments... You know, how, when have I mean they played them in when we in, called that in Orlando? Game. I think oh, that's it. I'm sorry, they were at the Bahamas. They were that at the year. Bahamas, and then we also saw them at the Sweet 16 in Chicago. It's just they're yep. always around. Yep, I've, they were, I've run they into were Mark in Denver. Few many times. They were in Denver. They were in as Denver, well, but they didn't play. They're Iowa always State. in the they're same spot. The same as, yeah, whatever. But yeah, no, Iowa State. They played them in uh, Monte Morris' senior year down in Disney, and it was a competitive game. Yes, uh, uh, Deontay Burton kind of. Yeah, like 30. Yeah, went off in that game. Uh, there exactly. was a really terrible call on Matt Thomas, I remember. I, I think you're right. I, and you had to, like, call me down on the radio because <laughs> – We were younger. Yeah. We're, we're a lot more mature now. Yeah. But no, I think it was, a, it was Sipping an interesting Sipping Cody game. Road at 2 o'clock I, on a Sunday. I, I, uh, we're really yeah, mature. Really mature. The, so, quick take on the officiate. I know some people had some thoughts about that. I thought uh, the two game-changing plays and, – and I thought – The Kansas State game was it. way worse. Than, I think so. But when Iowa State had the, the two-point lead, okay, you miss a front end. The, I mean, you got to make your free throws, by the way. If you want to go win in Waco, you got to make the front end. How many end. front end of the free throws? Does Iowa like State three of them. in one-and-ones this year? I no. bet Iowa State is less than 50% on the front end of the one-and-ones. Fr- I mean, and you just get that. I just had a bad feeling to me. Like, oh, this one's not going in. Well, once. Be- so the other night, like when um, the Kansas State game, when Gabe stepped up, like I felt like he would make him. Just like it, it didn't Different feel that vibe. way yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I can't put my finger on it. But the front end of the one on one, can we make just a really general? I said this in like December, and I feel it even more now. When Iowa State needs one of Kalsher or Grill to do something <laughs> offensively, when that happens, they don't lose no. very often. Now they did yesterday, but that was on the road at the number three team in the country. But how much better is this team, specifically Kalsher? Yeah, when. When he is not a zero on offense, he doesn't have to score twenty a game. It's but it's like crazy. look at Wednesday night compared. Like he yeah. he was a liability a to touch the ball mm-hmm. on Wednesday night, and then he looks like a first team All Big Twelve guy. He is so hot and cold. But it's literally like he makes two shots in a row, and he's different. Yeah, it's like all it takes is two. Yep. He had a different bounce to him in the in that game. Unlike great. Caleb, Caleb will keep launching. He'll keep shooting. Yeah, I mean, but I think, Gabe, I think Caleb's defense drops off when he doesn't make shots would be my probably, analysis. That's probably fair. But so the, the, the series that changed the game was I think Iowa State's up to miss a front end, and then Baylor makes the three, 
and then they call a foul, which they never really showed on on TV. I'd like to look at it if I could on Condit on the box out, and then Baylor gets misses that one at one and one gets the rebound, makes another shot. So you go from up two to down three. The offensive rebound that first half was just oh, and you couldn't grab a rebound. Oh. So I mean that that changed it. Then the Kalsher thing, you know, I would say it's down three at that point. Maybe it was five. He's dribbling up the floor. There's some sort of contact. And he falls down. I my my thing is in in, in uh, Spatola the analyst was I thought was dead on. It's like call something. If it's not a foul, then call the flop on Gabe for falling over like he got hit by a truck. Like there was a play like got, that in the Baylor women's game on Monday night too. Yeah. Where it's just when there's that much contact, just how is there not something. something? Yeah, and he's looking right at it. Yeah. And I don't know if he was So that that was frustrating because it's like if I don't know if it was a foul, honestly. It probably was more of a flop than a foul, but there Whatever. was contact. There, yeah. do something. Don't just let it go. I mean, it was, it was that was clearly an advantage. You were you were getting snipey on well, Twitter I mean, with the officials. No, I was. Just, it's just frustrating because it's like for thirty five minutes, I thought they were fine, and then for the five minute spell, and 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 Big George Condit tweeted at me, and I, I agree with him that George's dad. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is sometimes why people have a bad rap with officials, and I I understand that. Like, it's very frustrating. Do you agree? Uh, Hines has been critical of this recently. He tweeted about it yesterday. Me and him have talked about it, watching these games up close. That they're, it's been overly physical in the Big Twelve the last month, just in yes. general. Like yeah. it seems like they are just the freedom of movement has been really difficult, and like your guys are just getting killed. And it's uh, been it, consistently it, called yeah, that I mean, way they, in they their defense. Watch, watch a Big Twelve game, and then watch a Pac twelve game. It's different. And this, historically, has been the case, and it actually hurts the Big 12 in the tournament. Yes. Because then you, when you, you know, they get a... For these guys to move, Yeah, for these guys to move on in the NCAA tournament, they're a little bit closer watched by the supervisors, and so they'll be a little more tightly controlled. So we'll see if that... Like, Tech... So you're, tech the officials, is, when you say these guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Officials so like are if, graded if they from suck, round one to round two. Okay, so if they suck in the first weekend, then they're yep. not going to move Correct. on. Correct. Correct, and so you'll, you'll so you'll see them, and not always, but maybe call a tighter because in, when you're in the Big Twelve, you're not assessed week to week like you have your schedule weeks in advance here. But in the NCAA tournament, you are graded from game one to the next weekend, and so depending on how you do, you and that's that's the status for an NCAA tournament referee is if you can get to the Sweet Sixteen or get to the Elite Eight, or the Final Four. It's like the hierarchy of, okay, how good are you? So you're saying Kelly Self's probably not going to get a Sweet 16 after Kelly, this year? Kelly Self's probably not getting a Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah, but our guy Doug Sermons, who had the game Wednesday, has done like eight Final Fours in a row, and yeah. I thought he had a bad game Wednesday night. Like, it happens to officials, too. I didn't think he was very good. He'll still do the Final Four this year. Bro. How does it work? I was thinking about this because I took my daughter down to watch the Bondurant girls play in the girls' state tournament. How... Because I know how big of an honor it is for high school officials to be able to call games at the well. This is interesting. I think to a lot of people, they probably don't know how this yeah, process yeah, works. Probably boring some, but... Well, yeah, yeah but sorry. they... Just give us two minutes yeah, here. Okay, right. How does that work? For be- for high school? Yeah, because it, like there's not like a director of officials watching every replay of like the guys in Southwest Iowa. No. So how do, how do they get no. games? So it may have changed a little bit, but I don't think it has. So... Uh, Every high school coach gives a rating of the official 
either every game and or they send in their top five favorite crews they've had during the year. Gotcha. That gets compiled by either the association or the union, and then they rank them accordingly. That's good because it keeps the officials from, like, having quick tees and stuff, too. If that's who's rating yeah. them. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, you know? and so the, so the right? adage, yeah, from officials is you don't want to work a coach more than maybe two or three times a year because you don't want to wear on them. And so then, then they remember a bad call you made and then they may rank you yeah. uh, worse. Now, there is also, I believe, and I might be speaking out of turn here, there used to be a regional component. Hmm. So they didn't want yeah. all the officials being from central Iowa. They wanted. You know, you know, group from Southeast Iowa, Southwest, Northeast, Northwest. There's more. Yeah. Because um, then they don't want it to be like, oh, well, they're favoring the Eastern Iowa teams. Correct. Or, so, yeah. so it's kind of a regional nature, too. But, you know, every, and same with the Big 12 is these guys are rated. Now, in college basketball, there is somebody usually on site for most games yeah. to look yeah. at them. And they can they can watch them closer. But for high school, it's absolutely the, it's it's off the ratings from the, the high school coaches. Fascinating. All right, we'll get back to basketball here in a minute. want to take a couple of minutes to thank some of our sponsors. My girl, Hope Wood, uh, she's getting she's selling wills, man. Well, you don't sell wills. You, you create, you create, create them. living wills. It's a service. But this is something that everybody should really keep in mind. Uh, to It's kind of out of sight, out of mind when you're presumably young and healthy and in your 30s. Well, and this, this uh, basketball season has aged everybody 10 years. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, oh. so I actually, in, in, in all seriousness, just lost a, a friend of mine who's in his 30s, and he got diagnosed with cancer. And then point being, his life is fragile. You need to take care of the people who are uh, after you. Uh, you got kids, whatever. Uh, Hope is a really good uh, sponsor of ours. She supports what we do. Big Cyclone fan. She actually came on our trip to Vegas when we went there this, this year. And uh, you can go to Hopewood jd.com hopewoodjd.com and she would love to create wills uh, will in a day is her program and she really thinks uh, from your initial meeting to signing the average time is generally like 90 minutes and then you, you can just whip that thing right out it doesn't have to be a pain so give her a shot she's a big cyclone fan really good person and uh, she's also the uh, beautiful wife of our friend Jeff Wood from Gravitate Coworking. Power couple. Power couple in the city of Des Moines. You ain't kidding there. GravitateCoworking.com is where you can look. You can go actually and look at the locations in downtown Des Moines, East Village, Des Moines, Midtown Windsor Heights, Cedar Falls, and Jefferson. Uh, I want to go and check out this East Village location that just opened up. It's right above Ray Gun from what I understand. So if you've been to Ray Gun there um, and you can get offices uh, you can even just have like a business mailbag but they've got all sorts of cool stuff craft beer on tap <laughs> oh baby um, kitchens uh, kitchenettes bike storage fiber internet and this is the future I promise you this is not just us uh, bloviating for a sponsor these things are blowing up across the United States of America we're always like 10 years behind in Iowa you go to LA these places are all over the place gravitatecoworking.com doing great things for us here in central Iowa. Okay, um, we are going to have actually a Big 12 tournament preview radio show. It'll be Monday night on KXNO from 5.30 to 6.30. Jared Stansbury and I will be hosting that. So we'll do more of like the bracket talk, that type of stuff then. But that's 5.30 to 6.30 
Monday night, KXNL, and we'll lead right into the Cyclone Coaches Show with Otts and Coach Finley. What do you think about the Texas Tech matchup? Would you rather play them or Baylor again? I don't know. I mean, they're, Baylor can put the ball in the basket. Tech, you just know you're getting into like yeah, a you're, I mean, you, grudge like, match. Like the game they had against Oklahoma State is classic Tech. They yeah. had that game in control. They're up eight with five minutes left, and they didn't score a point. So didn't the officials really impact a game it, like that too? Like how they're going to call it? It does, yeah. And and tech that style works a lot better for them at home because they're that's at home. what I mean. And yeah, you, you, you get more benefit I would, of doubt. If you're if there's a team I want to play at a neutral site, if you give me Tech or Baylor, I want Tech because Baylor can put the ball in the basket anywhere. And I think my my thing is, and I've always added this adage. This is how I pick my my brackets. Find teams that have multiple scores. Three guys that can score the ball. I know defense always gets brought in, but when you get in these games, most of these teams are good enough to shut down your your first two. Can they shut down three of your guys? And so I say this two-pronged. I think Tech is a good team. I don't think Tech's a Final Four team because I think they're going to run into one of these games where they can't score. I would put Iowa State in that same conversation. But Iowa State clearly, as an eight or nine seed, is not going to be the three or four that, that Texas Tech is. But in a one-game situation, absolutely, I'd rather play Tech than Baylor. Because uh, I, I don't think they're great offensively. And now they may run into a night like they did against Iowa State and Lubbock where they made a lot of shots. But they also could have the outing like they did in Ames where Iowa State held them to what? Was that 48 points? And won the game. So, you know, who in, the, in that game on Thursday, it's who gives me a third guy? We know for Iowa State it's going to be Brockington. It's going to be Hunter. Can Kalsher continue it? Um, can it be... Can it be Grill stepping up? And, and same with with uh, Tech is, you know, you're getting something from Shannon. Williams has been really good for them. Who's their third guy? And I think that's the big question. But, yeah, uh, I mean, the spread's going to be C-Dub. It'll be like five, six. Like, that's a winnable I, I, game. I'm not just joking here. The fact that it's an 830 tip and Iowa State fans are just no. going to probably, I mean, I mean frankly, there. be very drunk. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a very drunk arena. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it will. It'll be really rowdy. <laughs> there on Thursday. Yeah, and Iowa State's going to have the two to one advantage. Now, Tech Tech's got a good fan base. It's just a longer but way to. They're travel. not going to travel to Kansas City. Like they're going to wait and go to. It'll be more for the regional. It'll be more than two to one, bro. It'll be three to one, four or five to one. to one. Do you think so? What what's what are you hearing? What are are people going? Are we yes. going to Kansas City? From what I understand, okay. it's going to be like old school Kansas City because especially I, with the women being back. Like yeah, that's I, a good point. I I, I don't. I told Coach Finley about this when I did the podcast with him, but like my mom and dad are like, they are, they're they're just big Iowa State fans, and they were like, well, it's like one tenth of the price, and we don't have to worry about fighting Kansas fans and stuff. True. They buy all session to the, For women. the women. That's smart, and they're going to go like Thursday night. They'll buy that pass to go watch yep, the men, and then, but they're going to plan to watch the women's games, and if they can get into the men's game, great. If not, they're going to go sit at the bar and watch it. And to me, that's not a terrible way to go about doing this. Well, I think actually the timing works out good for Iowa State here is you don't have to get there until Thursday in the afternoon, and you can make it a two-night deal, watch the men, hopefully Thursday Yeah, the women Friday. play it evening, so. You, probably, you, probably, you might conflict there on Friday night, though, if Iowa State wins on Thursday. But you, you, well, you, it would be the late game on, on Friday, yeah, so, and the, the women, women are the early game. So you could maybe go to both. You yeah, just have you to would. buy two tickets. You have to buy two tickets. Which the, the women's women are tickets cheap. are super cheap. But I think the point, like, if Iowa State was in that, you know, 4-5 situation, you're playing 11-30, that's a long time to wait. 
till the next day, you know, to see the women potentially. So I think this the schedule works out in Iowa State's favor to play that late Thursday night game. The women's bracket looks wide open to make a run to the championship and play Baylor. I mean, they they would have to beat Texas clearly, but yeah. So who's the three? Who's the three seed? Hold on, I'm did, pulling them up right now. If you want to look did, at the brackets, Connor put them both up. Okay, did Oklahoma? Oklahoma, Oklahoma lost. Was four. So yeah, they lost Iowa State's on the same side as Texas. Okay. We were hoping that Texas would be on the same side as Baylor to yeah. avoid both. Well, but um, you want to win it, you got to beat two really good teams, and Texas yeah. is playing some good. The, the women play Friday at five for those ones. Oh, so that's perfect. Yeah, because then you can. And, and the men would play seven thirty or eight eight thirty. Eight thirty is when the men would play Lock if they would up. win. That'd be great. So you could do. Could be a great. This weekend. actually sets up really, really well. Um, I'm planning on you know if the men lose, sticking around for the women. And Connor will be down there covering them for us. But um, when is the uh, women's semi? Women's semis, 2.30 Saturday. Okay. All right. Counting on that one. They could be playing realistically, too, for seeding purposes, too. The women could be. just. Well, I, I th- yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're down to two seeds, in my opinion. You're a two-seed or a three-seed. Correct. So my point is, if they could beat in the tur- Texas. In the NCAA tournament. Yeah, but I, th- I think if they could beat Texas in that semi, they would lock them into a two. Don't I you agree. think? I think so. Okay. Yep. That yep, was think, my read. Yeah, I mean, the loss to Baylor, I mean, Baylor's moving on up to potentially a one seed now, which is good, good for them. You know, Baylor gets everything. In I life. mean, South Carolina's the favorite, right, to yeah. win the title? Yeah. But Baylor, you know, you got to realize with their coaching situation, like, they've gotten better and better and better. I think they've won God, they 10 were of 11. God, they the they were good the other night. Melissa Smith was incredible. They, it's that, just, that was as, as impressive of – individual performance I've seen in Hilton from a player. She was just, she could not be stopped. There was nothing Iowa State could do to stop her. These games are so hard. That's why she's the number one WNBA pick. Like the Texas and the Baylor games, because it, it really neutralizes Jones. Yeah, that's it, and that's why. That That's the problem. And I, I almost was like, the other night, it's like, okay, because like, I know what they were trying to do. They were very upfront about, like, we just want to play them straight up, all this stuff. But, like, I almost just wonder... If you get them again, let Ryan like, instead of Jones just backing him in. And if you don't have the right officiating crew, yeah, it's not going to work. Win. And we yep. saw that on Monday, right? Yep. And Ashley's just throwing stuff up because she's trying to do what she does on a normal, which made her the best player in the history of the school. But it's hard to do against six six girls who can move. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, it's one thing to if, if, the, if it's getting called, like if they're calling that, then then you're great. But if not, like you got to pivot. And same. Same really with, with Ryan and Donarski to a lesser extent is the problem with Texas and Baylor is they can they can stay in front with length, and so it's just hard to get around them. And so they impact so many shots that they're not even blocking. Now, now you're just thinking about, oh, where are they coming from the whole time? Rather, when you're facing a tech or an undersized team, uh, you know, Kansas isn't as big, even though they had a good year. You're, you're more comfortable in what you're doing. You so. almost have to hit 15 threes to beat one of those. Yeah, teams. but it's hard because they want, they're taking that away too. Yeah. They're almost like, all right, drive it on by because we got 6 5 at Correct. the rim. Good and luck. we, even if you beat us, we can, we can make up for it. So, I mean, it's, it's just going to be tough in general for Iowa State this year, but you're right. That's a big game. If you beat Texas in the semi, I think Iowa State's a two seed, which would match the highest Iowa State's ever been on the women's side. Wow. And on the men's side. Highest Iowa State's ever been on the men's side, and they did that yeah. twice. Didn't go over well. Oh, one of them. Okay. So yeah, a little. Yeah, so you, you know what I mean. I brought this. The up. The one we all remember. I think this is true. I'd like somebody to correct me. I think I brought this up last year on the early uh, quarantine podcast. 
as the legend goes, in 2000, of course, that's the one where Iowa State had to play Michigan State and Auburn Hills in the, the, the regional final to make the final four, and all hell broke loose, and Larry got ejected. So Iowa State supposedly could have been the last number one seed, but this is not when they had the pods. It was when everything was in the same region. Mm-hmm. But Iowa State preferred to play in Minneapolis in the Midwest as a two seed instead of going out west to be the one seed. So Stanford gets the one seed. Mm. They get bounced early, actually. Iowa State gets the two, stays in Minneapolis, then goes to Auburn Hills. And we all know what happened there. You see Michigan State on the other end. But at the time, they wanted that 30,000 people up at the Metrodome for the first two games, which I understand. It was a big help then. You know, Iowa State's goal at the time is, you know, they probably weren't thinking – Oh man, this is really going to matter once we get to. Uh, yeah, you weren't expecting what happened to happen. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. I've heard that legend over the years that that's why I said ended up as the two in the Midwest when it was playing well enough that they potentially could have been the one out west. Real quick, um, speaking of that, the uh, selection Sunday. Uh, stay tuned for this. Uh, Bloom and I are going to have a stream, a live stream, after that where we analyze the draw. Love it. For the Cyclones. I love I'll, this time of year. I'll get you more info on that to everybody, but just playing on that. We'll have a lot. Next busy Sunday will be busy. I hope you're okay with that. Because we're, we're going to have a lot going on got, next Sunday. A lot going on. Best time of the year. It is. Uh, okay. So we've got that. Real quick, I want to touch on um, wrestling. Now, again, we are we are here on it's 215 now so the championships are, are coming up tonight so we're not going to have complete reaction to this but it, it, it was it, listen two things can be true it was a widely successful year for Kevin dresser it looks like they're gonna send eight for sure if not nine to the NCAA tournament which is great that was exactly on par with what we had projected going into the weekend however they're they're probably not going to win the big 12. As far as the tournament goes with that, it can be a disappointment too. I guarantee everybody in that wrestling room um, is a little down on how this weekend played out specifically in the semifinals on, um, on Saturday night. Uh, Jacqueline Cordova has been down there in Tulsa covering it for us, uh, courtesy of our friends at Fairway. We thank them very much for stepping up to the plate. Jacqueline's done a great job. Real quick, I, I thought this was uh, – I love Dresser. You know I yeah, love Dresser. I uh, listened to him after Saturday night. Well, it was a tough round. I mean, it's probably one of the harder rounds that I've had as a coach, and I've been doing that for a while. I've been doing this for a while. So, um, you know, we just – we got a lot of opportunities tomorrow, and so a lot of things didn't go our way tonight. But – you really find out how important it is to guys in these situations because it's you know it's easy to wrestle when you're winning and it's more difficult to wrestle when you're losing so you know we'll learn a lot about you know the character of of some of our guys and just how much they want to go to the NCAA tournament and 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 compete and it looks like we've got a lot of qualifiers so that's a good thing and and I think you know the only positive thing about losing is you, you learn a lot and you learn a lot about yourself. And, you know, we learn a lot as a staff, too, so it's on us as much. But it's just one round. It's not the end of the world. You know, we got a chance for two rounds tomorrow. So we need to circle the troops and circle the wagons tonight and uh, come back with great attitudes and, and be ready to, to fire and ready to compete. Things have been going pretty well so far today up until now. But I you're, I, I've, I think I'm probably a bigger wrestling fan than, than you are. Yeah. But I, So, like, how, how is this perceived? 
to the casual fan. Just you go undefeated in duels in the Big Twelve. It's like to think of that three years ago was insane. Sure. Then a little bit of a of a letdown here. What what do you what, did you watch much this weekend? I, Where are you? Yeah, at? I watched a little bit. I had the little Big Twelve now going on one of the other screens, but I'm just not, the I, fact that a guy like me and you are streaming it. Not like all weekend, yeah, like we have, a is success. a huge win. Yeah, I mean, I, I try and watch Carr whenever I can because I think so that guy's you know one of the best ever, and he's he's electric. He could win four national titles. But I think his to his point, like if I don't know everything, but don't you want to perform better in the national tournament than you do in the Big Twelve? Sure, the Big Twelve's nice. You want to do well there. You want and to carry momentum. It affects but your seating too, which it is does. The biggest thing. Yes, but Iowa State has everything's. It hasn't lost a duel since the Iowa one in, in December. Yeah. Like, it's been going really well for a long time. This is, if there's, like, Dresser said, if there's a time to reset, go, okay, let's recalibrate. Yeah. Get refocused, and, and we'll we'll get them back and at the national tournament. Our seeds may not be as good, but all it takes to flip the seeding is to win one. So, then you're right back where you should be. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard all along, the thought was, Iowa State's really good dual team because it's got depth up and down Correct. the roster. They don't have a bad guy. But they don't necessarily have the high-end guys that are going to take home a bunch of hardware either. Other than Carr. Other than Carr. Um, so Hopefully that, Bastida will be that at some at point. At some point. But so I think that's, that's again, the scoring structure in the tournament is different than it would be in a duel, and, and it, it can make things difficult from that standpoint. But I don't think it detracts from the year at all. No, I don't either. And if you're sending nine... Um, man, you hope you can get into the top five nationally at that tournament. I mean, I don't, I don't know the obviously we don't know the seating and sure. stuff like that, but it's been a conflicting. But again, things have gone better Today. on Sunday. Look it, forward to watching tonight. It looks like yeah. So keep an eye on that. Um, but Jacqueline's done a really good job uh, covering that. We appreciate Fairway. Absolutely. How cool uh, you guys are down there live and to get that reaction. Yeah, okay. and then she's done a. We got a lot of really good stuff today throughout the day, and then um. Also, too, I mean, the, the reason we're down there, and it's the same reason we're going to be with the women through the tour, is one, our sponsors, and two, when you are a patron to Cyclone Fanatic or you're a member of our premium message board, you're not only, like, you're not doing it to just get, like, the exclusive content. It, 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 it allows us to do things like this. Yep. And we're putting that money back into our product to make it better for you. So if you, if you haven't, if you enjoy, like, our podcast and stuff, I mean, listen, I write checks every month to Scott Christofferson and now Ben Visser on the wrestling side. And, you know, that's that's coming straight from our subscriptions and we're putting it right back into it. So you'll you'll see a lot of that um, kind of investment you make in our community coming up in the next month or so. All right. Um, last thing I got is the combine. Brees Hall goes off. Man, I... I think he's going to be a first round pick. I don't want to. I don't. I, I got to get the. Uh, we got to get rid of this. I know. Streak. I mean, I'm I would, so tired. I would love it. it. I'm would, so sick of I it. I just. His numbers. Again, if this is five years ago, yeah. But. This is running back. It's running backs. It's the position. And I don't know. I mean, I would still probably put the the over under at 45. Really? Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I think know, about it this way, though. Maybe 40. Think about it this way. If Dalvin Cook wasn't a first-round pick, now he had some off-the-field stuff a little bit, sure. but like, like he played at Florida State. I mean, I'd love to see his combine numbers. I would guess that they're really good. good. Yeah, but think about think about that. Like how hard it is for a running back well, to. I mean, unless you're Ezekiel Elliott or 
Yeah, and even though, like, it's just really hard, you know, if, if I can get a tackle or I can get a corner when I, you know, what's the difference between a first-round corner and a fourth-round corner? Massive. Co- compared to yeah. a first-round back to a third-round back? Like, I don't really know. I mean, it just seems like that, and that's what that's what GMs are looking for. They're looking for value here. Not as, I mean, Brees could be one of the top 15 players in this draft. I don't think there's any question. But it's a value of where you can get him compared to the next guy. You got to, it's got to be the right team, too, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the Chiefs, where they're like, we're an elite running back away from, you know, they would be one. Yeah, and they, but they tried that. So this, this yeah, is a I, good I know. point. So the, the Edwards Hilaire, right? So he was going to be the difference maker where they went from, okay, we're back away from being unstoppable on offense, and he's just been okay. He's been fine. He's yeah. been fu- but he hasn't really been a difference maker. In fact, he's kind of just split carries in his, what, how many, two years he's been with the Chiefs? So that's... That that would. Why be, do you have to be so negative? I'm just here. I'm just here I was leaving the combine. And at my analytic, no, but I think for Brees, I mean, the numbers are outstanding, and uh, I'm glad he ran because that was one of the questions of man, this guy doesn't look fast. Well, yeah, he is. He just is so smooth, um, and his broad jump or his his vertical is like 40 inches. It's in- insanity. But no, Iowa State. I'm telling you, if they could get like four or five guys picked, it would. Really helping recruiting because that's the one area still holding Iowa State back. Is oh, you know, we're not producing NFL guys. Well, that that'll change. Well, they're making the right. I mean, to have seven guys at the combine and, or and whatever. Rose it looked is. really good too. I think he turned some heads with. Do you see what he measured at? Like six four yeah. and a half, two fifty. Yeah. I mean, stout dude. He's a big dude, and and he was six six. So and he's gonna. Um, the problem is there's just a lot of good D linemen there, this there year. Are. It's a bad year for D linemen. I don't think I don't think anybody else ran the forty. Chase Allen's gonna get drafted. He's worked his way into that, I think. I hope so. You know Charlie will. And oh, Rock's, did you hear my uh, fine. Uh, interview with Mouser? They were Mouser. Yeah, yeah. Those have been those have been great. Well, we're gonna do. Uh, the staff seems to enjoy it. I think they like talking a little bit, and they don't they don't do the long form stuff very often when they get out in front of the media. So I've I've really enjoyed doing those. And if, if you haven't listened, I thought Taylor Mouser's might have been the most interesting one thus far. I thought. They've all been interesting in their sure. own way. I've always wondered, like, how does Mouser at 30 End like, up. get to where he is? And it's fascinating how he got hooked up with this Campbell staff. And it's nothing more than a story of perseverance and hard work. And it's really, really cool. Yeah. It's a you really root, cool story. Root for a guy like that. I think it's, yeah. I mean, his story. And then Shieldhouse is another angle, right? Well, yep. Shieldhouse is decorated college career. Yeah, totally. Everybody lot. knows him. Yeah. But he still had to grind. Yep. I mean, he took a big a big risk. He's probably making decent money as a youth pastor in wherever he was, Nashville. And then it's like, you know what? I didn't know that about him. Did I'll, you? I, I don't think I did, no. I did not know that about him. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to give this coaching thing a run, and you got to work. I mean, these these guys get paid well at a high level, but the, the, the amount of hours that they're putting in one and then the grind it takes to get to be like like Mauser, who had to work and grind and yeah. making. $15,000 a year just to maybe get a chance to get a look. And there aren't many staffs that would take a risk like Iowa State's done, you know, with Mauser or with Myers or with some of these guys that have, have they've given shots to. And I think it's it'll pay off in the long run. And that's what I – Iowa State's a developmental program, C-Dub, not only in the player standpoint, but Absolutely. also in the coaching staff. I was just going to say that, Brent. Like, let, let's say John Haycock decides to retire or Tom Manning gets a Mac job. 
Matt's not going out. He's going to promote from within. It'll be like, okay, Vite, you're up next. Or Shieldhouse, you're up next. Or whoever. I don't know who's next in line. Sure. But that's how I think that this program is built, which is good, too. This is why we've never really had – because even in the McCarney era, I mean, Squadani, but he was old. Cotton was old. We've never really homegrown coaches in football. This is why I'm so high on TJ, because his home – like, he cut his teeth and did everything at Iowa State. Worked for three coaches. Married a woman who's an icon at Iowa State. Like, we've never really had guys like that, right? Point. And my yeah. point is, if you can keep a Nate Shieldhouse here for 10 years, or, and even if he would go on and like, okay, Shieldhouse is going to go and be the coordinator at Nebraska for two years. I'm just throwing it out there. He would be a guy who would have positive feelings and say, I would love to go back there and be a head coach and raise my family. We've never developed that in football, ever. We're finally doing it in basketball, right? Like, Fred was kind of like that, but in a totally in a different way. And right now you're you're seeing, like, Tyson Veidt, Mouser's going to be a head coach someday. Uh, Shieldhouse is going to be a head coach someday. I think yep. Tyson, if he wanted to, could pr- he'd probably be a, a Mac, Mac D coordinator right now oh, at yeah, the no very question. least, right? No like, and and that's what is encouraging to me about the way Matt is producing. Like, Mouser probably didn't have the credentials to be a Big Twelve assistant coach, but Matt, you know, it's all about culture for him, and it's all about getting along in that room and recruiting and all that stuff. And and Matt. He definitely could have gotten a bigger name, but he stays in-house and is developing that guy. And there's probably a, you know, Kyle Kemp who's been on the staff. There's um, there's another one. I saw that Sion Buckner and Ray Lima. Ray Lima just back. came back, yeah. right? Like you're you're developing homegrown guys who will want to be here for the long term. That's a positive for football. We've never had that in this program. Well, We've like- always had guys who are looking to get out. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They want to go to the next rung. The the and then the Chiswick is Chiswick, Chiswick's a good example. Thought of really highly. He had a culture shock when he came. He was like, "What have I? What, what absolutely? Am I, what am I doing it didn't here? work. It just did. It didn't work. And it's no coincidence that Paul Rhodes was the next guy who got hired. Yes, who had been here. Yes. So I think Paul was kind of that cult that guy who was homegrown a little bit, right? So I, yes, maybe take that back a yeah, little. Yeah, he. Bit. I mean, but he had he had coached here yeah. at one point. He knew what he was getting him getting into, and yep. then he he. But then he got a little wayward there towards his hiring once he had some guys leave. Yep. Like Ash leaves, uh, Elliot uh, yeah, goes Bobby. to Notre Dame. I mean, you and then then you had to recalibrate, and then. The, the Mangino Hail Mary was what it was, and it just com- complete flop. And at that point, it was over. Like, you have to surround yourself with people. And even the, the guys they brought in from the outside, quote-unquote, Deion Broomfield played at Iowa State. Yeah. And he's recruiting really well. Deion's going to be a, he could a, be a head coach future someday. head coach. Yeah. And then Dave Andrews had the history with those guys from being from Ohio. So even though he was an outside guy, mm-hmm. uh, there was a relationship there. Same with, uh, it was a Macaponi. Uh, in the secondary. Oh, yeah. He knew those guys from Mountain Union. So, you're right. Iowa State's never, and Iowa State's not in a financial situation where they can go be Clemson and, and pluck a coordinator for $2 million. You're no. not going to do it. You're going to keep it in-house, and that's where your strong culture is. Back to our earlier point about the Mechdyne video board, mm-hmm. that was a great example of what that program really is, is you've got all these guys cheering for a guy who declared early, running his 40 time at the combine after a spring practice. I thought that, that was as... In, in 20 seconds of video, that's what the Iowa State football program is all about. It was pretty cool. It made me want to go and 
lace up the pads yeah, just one the, time. I mean, if you, it was really neat to see that. When you're, this is what it's like. Like there's, it just seems like everybody. And yeah, it's the transfer transfer air. You will have guys leave and guys come in, but that's the strength of where Iowa State football is. Is that continuity? both players and coaches, and that's how you keep it up. Do you remember the one day where all the guys entered the portal at the same time and everybody freaked out? I do. I just wanted to point this out because, again, this is like what the media does really poorly, in my opinion. They We respond, but then we don't really follow up. Yes. Of the 10 guys that went into the portal for Iowa State, one of them is still in high major football, and that's Aishim Young. We all knew he would be. The rest have gone to FCS or at a lower level. Skates skates ended up in Memphis. Memphis. So that might be considered as lateral as you can get, but it's still out it's still of power down, five. It's still down a level. Right. So, like, I just wanted to point that out. Yep. And there's usually – and I was telling our premium members when this was all happening, there's usually a reason, like, where, where this stuff is happening. Even Aishim Young, well, God, I would love to have him back next year. He's one of my all-time favorite Cyclones. I love watching him play. His snaps have been cut in half at the end of the year. Yep. So there's generally like reasons for stuff that happens, and it's not just like I remember we have one like oh, you know Campbell's house is on fire, and it's just like no, like these guys are at FCS now, like in in props to them because they're gonna play, and they knew they yeah, weren't personal like personal choice. There's always more. There's always more to it. But did anyways. you see? Uh, speaking of the secondary, Anthony Johnson may. I move did. a little bit to safety. I did. I don't. I, mean, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I saw the rumblings. I, I've make, seen the rumblings too. It would make sense because I think two of Iowa State's best secondary players are young guys. Yep. And that is uh, Purchase and Tampa, and so it would allow both those guys to get on the field. And think, Johnson's a guy you can trust back there, right? And I, and I think his role in the NFL is probably as a nickel. So maybe he needs to get more time in that safety spot. I don't think he's. I don't. Listen, I think Anthony's a very quality player. I don't know if he's athletic enough to be a corner at the next level. So this is probably him saying, all right, if I'm coming back, I'm going to try. You can show your versatility. Yes, exactly. And but, but I think, you know, you also have Freeler and McDonald, two outstanding young safeties. So I think that secondary is a fun position going into the spring. All right. Well, um, Monday, Matt Campbell will meet the media for the first time with spring football. Of course, our spring football for like the fifth year in a row, something like that, is presented by our friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape. Hearing good things about Greg Gaines. Dude, he's a – if you watch his tape, he's – he's I bet he'll be on the field next year. There's no question. Yeah. He's gonna Early be, returns have been solid. He's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be a Jalen Noel type, like immediate impact guy. Uh, anyways, um, I think that's all I've got for you. We're gonna jam packed week, guys. Yeah. We will have um, again the special edition radio show Monday night KXNO from five thirty to six thirty. If you miss it, we will have it posted on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, and then of course. Um, Selection Sunday, Bloom and I are going to have a stream. We're going to be all over social media via StreamYard reacting to Iowa State's draw. Then we'll have a regular podcast after we uh, have a little din-din. Um, hopefully the women are winning the Big 12 championship. I'm not putting that expectation. I think the men will have a rough Kansas City, and I think they'll do better in the NCAA tournament. I've been on that for a while, but Bloom has convinced me that it's not a terrible draw in Texas Tech. It's not. Tech right. will be favored by five to six. So you've got a roughly 30% like, chance based on those numbers. Based, I almost would rather play them than Texas. Feels like the road impacts Texas less. 
Yeah, I mean they've got more guys that can put the ball in the basket. I'm just, keep, I mean, if you get it, you know what I'm saying. If you hold Tech under 55, you got a chance. That's what's going to take because you know I, I say it's not getting to 65. I like that Brockington was kind of off on Saturday because sure. like he's not going to do it twice in a row. Well, maybe we, <laughs> the great thing with Gabe right now is who knows. He's either going to go 0 for 7 great. or have 20 points. He's had some good neutral side games then, in his career. I mean, the fact that we're away from Hilton means Grill's going to be a lot maybe, more consistent. Okay. Let's start this early. We're going to call him neutral site Gabe. So, uh, <laughs> oh. freshman year, freshman year at Minnesota, he played at Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines and made seven threes and scored like 28 against Louisville in a win for Minnesota. Jeez. Memphis in Brooklyn. What did he do? You called the game? 30. 30. Back-to-back 30-point games hey, with him and Brockington. Neutral site Gabe's coming to play. You heard it here first on the Williams and Bloom podcast. I freaking love it. All right, um... With that, it is tournament time. I'm sure you've seen the commercials. I just saw Bloom and I have a, a Valley game on um, here while we're recording, and I just saw the uh, vasectomy with me with the peas, the, the peas yep. on my balls. Uh, earlier this week, I sat down with Dr. Schwach, the, uh, one of the urologists from the Iowa Clinic. Very good. And I asked him, like, some, like, um, a lot. Eh, listen, I uh, – I opened it up, Bloom. I asked some questions that guys might have about getting a vasectomy. And um, I can encourage you to go to iowaclinic.com right now, and you can schedule your vasectomy. It's not that bad, guys. I haven't had one yet. Same. I'm just being honest. Me and my wife had to do in vitro to get a baby, so I'm not really overly concerned. But maybe I should, just in case you don't want, you know. But uh, Dr. Schwach is the man. He joined me earlier this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about vasectomies coming up here. Uh, Bloom, your parting thoughts for tonight. You got any, uh, you, you, you good? You ready to roll? I'm, I'm excited to hear this interview, for one. Do you think Dr. Schwach will like... Do you think he knows who Nick Lachey is? Well, I'll tell you what. You start playing Nick Lachey, you're going to need a vasectomy. Because <laughs> you know what happens when Nick Lachey starts getting played around the bedroom, right? Maybe that's the mystery. Um, no, a fun week. Best time of the year. This is March. This is March, baby. All right. Um, let Bloom out of here. Dr. Schwach's going to join me next here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. As much as I should. But when I say I love you, darling, that means All right, here we are. Uh, Dr. Schwach from the Iowa Clinic joins us right now. And uh, this is, uh, we've, I've been on the, you guys have seen the commercials that I've been doing for the last few years with the Iowa Clinic where I end up with a bag of peas on my boys and I'm watching basketball. And uh, it's all in good fun, but it's also a serious thing for a lot of men. And I want to talk to Dr. Schwach about that right now. First of all, Doc, thanks for your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very, very well. Thank you. I wanted to ask you a few simple questions about vasectomies uh, to maybe ease the mind of some of our listeners out there. So when you uh, when you're meeting with the client, like what um, I guess what like what concerns, I guess, do you get the most? Like what questions do you get the most from your clients? Well, I think that. Everyone comes from a little bit different uh, perspective and uh, understanding. You know, some people are in medicine. Majority of people aren't in medicine. And they'll Google and read things online. And I often hear patients um, 
talking to, you know, their buddies and it's very interesting to kind of hear everyone's thoughts about the issue or about the procedure and what's going to happen. So essentially my job is to try and explain everything, explain the procedure, what they are going to expect and feel. And, um, obviously, you know, it is a fairly minor procedure, but discussing the, you know, potential complications from it. Very interesting to me that, you know, the, some of the uh, patients coming in the office, they talk to their buddies and they'll hear, you know, oh, it was nothing, it wasn't bad at all. And then other people have horror stories. So I think just trying to set realistic expectations and what they are going to expect. The, uh, the actual uh, vasectomy these days just performed in office, right? I mean, 30 minutes and you can go home, basically? Yeah, the vast majority of patients we do in the office, I would say 99% plus. It's a well-tolerated procedure. We use local anesthetics. So I commonly will tell the patients that if they've ever had a cavity filled at the dentist, you can expect that pinch and a burn, kind of a bee sting sensation. After that, nothing should feel sharp, but they will experience some pulling pressure and tugging sensation. But overall, very well tolerated. The majority of men just say that, you know, it wasn't fun, but it wasn't that bad. What about insurance? How does insurance work with vasectomies? There's obviously a lot of different coverage plans and people have variable insurance levels and coverage, but overall it is usually at least a partially covered procedure. I've had patients pay essentially nothing to having a variable amount of copay. It's something that we at the Iowa Clinic, if people are concerned or want to investigate, we can talk with their insurance and offer a um, potential copay amount or bill that they would expect. And the patient can also always call their insurance company and should be able to get that information. Uh, Dr. Schwach from the Iowa Clinic joins me here on the podcast, learning a little bit more about vasectomies and our friends at the Iowa Clinic. All right. Um, do you watch Seinfeld at all? Are you a Seinfeld guy? An episode here and there, but no, I'm <laughs> okay. not too much of a religious follower. There's a, there's a vasectomy episode of, of Seinfeld. You should, you should watch it. Get your, uh, get your urologist together and you guys can uh, laugh about it. What the, in, in the reverse, the reverse vasectomy comes into play. What is, what is that? Uh, tell me about that and how effective is that? What should people know about those? So I assume that uh, applies to having a reversal of a vasectomy. Yeah. So when I counsel a patient, I essentially explain that this should be considered an irreversible procedure when they're undergoing vasectomy with medicine and, you know, modernized techniques, we, in the last several decades, have been able to successfully accomplish vasectomy reversals. However, it's a much more challenging procedure. It involves the use of a microscope. It needs the patient to be asleep, uh, meaning it's general anesthesia in an operating room. And really the biggest thing is it's not always successful. It's a technically difficult procedure and insurance very often or the vast majority will not cover. So people are looking at ten to $20,000 plus out of pocket. Wow. So the men that when they're walking into my office and asking for a vasectomy, I want to be sure that this is a permanent decision and that they are, you know, not on the fence at all. 
Makes sense. Yeah, that's a that's a big chunk of cash for that. No doubt about that. Um, check out the oh. iowaclinic.com and you, there's actually a couple of great blogs up there right now. What to expect when your husband gets his vasectomy. If you're a female listening to us, and then uh, there's one for the men too that you can read about. And uh, Doc, anything else uh, that we might be missing out? Uh, just general stuff here before we get going. No, I think everyone kind of wonders, you know, how am I going to recover? How much time do I take off work? What do I do for pain? Really, you know, the the standard kind of basic answer is things that you'll read online that Tylenol and ibuprofen really do the trick. I've never, ever had to prescribe any narcotics for any patients. It's really more of a soreness and discomfort for several days. Wearing uh, supportive underwear, so like, uh, compression shorts or briefs versus, you know, boxer briefs. And obviously, as you alluded to earlier, uh, ice packs or a bag of peas are uh, very good for people to recover and just kind of take it easy for a couple of days. People should feel pretty good by about a week out and then they can resume more of, you know, strenuous exercise or this, that. Doc, appreciate your time. Uh, I know it's a busy time of year for you, and uh, we, we, we appreciate you taking a few minutes for us today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you.